Mine, a five-century trajectory that has transformed our planet and now troubles the heavens. I explore the benchmarks of capitalism's ascent, looking at how the system transformed the material world while churning up practices and beliefs and ideals that had long prevailed within the cocoon of custom. I define capitalism as a set of economic practices that generate wealth through competing individual initiatives using private resources to enhance productivity and earn profits through market exchanges. Uh, sounds pretty ordinary, but every element in that definition challenged the beliefs and institutional arrangements of traditional society. So in order for capitalism to go from a few capitalist practices to an ism involved a protracted struggle with the defenders of the status quo. Capitalism's roots are fairly shallow, not going much deeper than the 17th century. And it took a unique convergence of events and trends and a lot of contingencies for a few individual initiatives in agriculture, science, and technology to push one pioneering country, England, into sustained development beyond the limited economic horizons of endemic scarcities. Trade would never have produced capitalism on its own. It fit well into traditional societies. More important, commerce did not affect the absolute cap on growth, the fact that in all countries it took 80% of the people to farm in order to feed the rest of society. 100 families then could produce enough food for 125 families. And those other 25 families were made up of the military, the clergy, the royal officials, as well as merchants, manufacturers, and, and artisans. Agricultural changes were essential to moving beyond the world of scarcity. Scarcity is so limited, so endemic, that every year famine threatened. In the 17th century, the English and the Dutch began experimenting with new farming techniques. And over the next century, they began growing more food with fewer laborers and less investment. 300 years later, only 36% of English adult males worked the land. But the major factor in changing production processes came in the 17th century with breakthroughs in natural philosophy, the ones we associate with Galileo, with Newton, with Boyle. And what they gained was an uh, understanding of accurate laws of motion, of proof of the existence of a vacuum, and demonstrations of the weight of the atmosphere. Yet all this work from the natural philosophers might never have found its way into new techniques for pulling and lifting and rotating material objects had England not been a society where the members of the scientific elite world mingled easily with manufacturers and mechanics. A free and cheap press in England spread new ideas, helping the advancement of science to advance right into the workshops of a Thomas Newcomb and a James Watt who turned steam into the engine of economic progress. Capitalism couldn't thrive, excuse me, capitalist practices couldn't thrive in interstices of a traditional society because its propulsive force drew more and more people into its work and cha necessitated changing their habits and their attitudes as well. There was a resistance to these disruptive novelties. The aggressive pursuit of profits and constant change were all anathema to the norms fashioned by aristocrats, monarchs, and priests. Furious debates ensued about these intrusive novelties. Attacks on profit-seeking jostled in the public realm with 
peons to a new ideal of productivity. And soon you had people advertising the virtues of efficiency and ingenuity and disciplined work. The capitalists finally won this ideological battle. By the end of the 19th century, the magic of steam was overtaken by the wizardry of electricity. Chemistry joined physics as a handmaiden to industry. Science and technology promoted an unending succession of advances, as we so well know. Capitalists' focus on enhancing production through private initiatives impinged on every facet of life and was itself affected by every institution important to its participants. The family, the local community, national laws. Children had to be reared as individuals, and that word individual was used for the first time to refer to persons in the 18th century. My study is really a sustained argument for looking at capitalism in a different way. For grass